Oh. Blog Talk Radio. Okay. I believe that everyone who is present here today came with real and special purpose. And I believe that as an answer to this, that in this session, some very outstanding benefits are going to be received by every one of you. I believe that you should go forth into life with an attitude of enthusiasm, as we tell you again and again, that life meets you just like you meet life. Challenges of life require work. Success requires mental and physical action. If you want to improve yourself, you've got to do something. And you've got to stop thinking that the president ought to do it for you, or the governor ought to do it for you, or society ought to do it for you. Because you see, in the final analysis, no one can do my doing for me. I can give you these techniques, like the one we're on now, telling you when you wake up in the morning, ask yourself the question, how am I going to meet life today? And reminding yourself, today life is going to meet me just like I meet life. And see, there is absolute science. Again, it's not blind faith. It's not dumb luck. But today, life is going to meet me just like I meet life. And today, if I meet someone that doesn't like me, it's because somewhere in my consciousness, I don't like myself. Now, some of these little pills may be a little bitter to swallow. Because you see here also in this philosophy, there are no scapegoats. There's no devil to blame here. In this philosophy, you are your own devil. You are your own God. Only you can choose the path that you must try. And nothing can save you from evil or sin until you discover the presence of God within. And as Reverend Ike has said in that immortal lecture, I meet no one but me. In other people, I only meet myself. You can never meet anyone but yourself. The attitudes and moods that you encounter in other people are reflections of some attitudes and moods within your own subconscious mind. Today, life meets me just like I meet life. Let's shout it. Today, life meets me just like I meet life. And when you realize that, you can ask yourself the next question. After you remind yourself that today life meets me just like I meet life, then ask yourself the next question. In what attitude do I go forth to meet life today? In what attitude do I go forth to meet life today? Say that with me verbally. In what attitude do I go forth to meet life today. I like to play with words and to say these ideas from many different similar ways to impress your subconscious mind, change words around a bit. In what frame of mind am I meeting life today? Please repeat that with me. In what frame of mind am I meeting life today? And you can be absolutely certain, again, this is science, you can be absolutely certain that life is going to meet you exactly according to your attitude, according to your frame of mind. And then when you realize that, then you begin to work on your state of mind. You begin to work on your attitudes. This is why I'm always using the old cliche here, health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, and money. You can change it to an affirmation. 
Today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. Together, today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. The thought of health in your mind will displace all of the suggestions in the world mind about sickness. Today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. And you see, you send your word forth and you're going to meet it because you're always meeting the word that has gone forth out of your consciousness in the experiences of your life. You're always meeting the vibrations which you've sent forth. If you send out healthy vibrations, you're going to meet health. When the so-called epidemics go around, they'll go around you. Why? Because today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. Say that with me. Today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. And yes, this is a miracle-working idea. It will work a miracle of health for you. And not only that, when you go forth into life with a healthy attitude, do you realize that your attitudes are always impinging upon the experiences of other people? A healthy attitude is also a healing power. My healthy attitude is a healing power. Together, my healthy attitude is a healing power. This is why these people who have developed a healing consciousness or a health consciousness help and bless so many people. But you see, on your job, if you go forth into life and onto your job or into school or wherever you're going with the right attitude, with the right ideas, without even opening your mouth, you will help people. Some of you right now, you can think of some people. When you see them, you feel better. And you can think of some other people, perhaps in the past, that isn't true now, because you've changed your phone number and your address and you won't tell them where you are. You can think of some people that, you know, you used to see, and it was just depressing just to see them. And I don't care if they are your relatives. If there are people who are just negative and they insist on being negative, Change your phone number. And when you change your address, don't send them a new address. Get your post office box. Send them a Christmas card once a year. From the post office box. <laughs> but anyway, today I go forth into life with a happy attitude. Shout it. Today I go forth into life with a happy attitude. You remember that verse of Scripture, my word that goes forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it, and it shall accomplish that which I please. So what you say about yourself, what, you believe, what I believe and say about myself is the word of God to my experience. Come on. What I believe and say about myself is the word of God to my experience. See, the Word of God is not something on paper with black ink and gold edges and a black leather cover. I'm sorry to tell you good religious people that. I see some of you are in a state of shock. The Word of God is what I believe and say about myself. So in the morning, when I say today, I go forth into life with a healthy attitude. I go forth into life with a happy attitude. This word of health 
This word of happiness becomes the word of God to my experience and governs my experience. The word of God is not something written centuries ago by sages and prophets. The word of God is what you believe and speak about yourself every moment. You see, if you believe the right thing about yourself, you believe the right thing about me. <laughs> if you love yourself correctly, then you can love others correctly. But this is where the sociologists go off, you know. They try to apply a general sociological panacea to solve all of the social problems. But the first unit of society is the individual. And in order to heal society, first of all, the individual must be healed. The individual must first come to peace with himself. That's why I love so much that beautiful song, Let There Be Peace on Earth, and let it begin with me. But you see, the sociologists are so busy telling what's wrong with everybody else. People are experts on what's wrong with the next person. So people know what other people ought to do and what they ought not to do, but don't know what the hell they should do themselves. And the different ethnic groups and social groups and so on, you know, we know exactly what other people ought to do. But we've got to get back to the individual. And you see, this individual who begins his day by coming to peace with himself and speaking the word of good for himself, today I go forth into life with a healthy attitude, with a happy attitude. He contributes to the uplifting of society. And only such an individual experience of inner peace can redeem society. You see, the world as a whole is not going to be saved. The world is never going to be saved. A lot of good people have tried to save the world. See, that's why I, I gave up the world. Hindsight Radio. I represent it. The information station changing the nation. Peace to God. This is Akeem from Hindsight Radio. The information station changing the nation. I'm making this really quick uh, video about the national passport. Uh, the one question I keep getting from people is. Is my passport going to look different? It's going to say my that I'm a state national. Is it going to say national on it? Is it going to have some look different from the passport I had pre-prior to me applying for my national passport status? The answer, simply put, is no. Your passport will look identical to the one you had before. The difference is how you filled out the application. That's what, what makes a difference. See, people do not understand how contracts work. When you filled out the application, the first time you filled it out as a U.S. citizen, and you set up certain things on that application to look like a U.S. citizen. Now, when you come to me, 
I teach you how to fill it out as a national, but not a citizen of the United States. And they give you your passport. What people forget about, and it's very frustrating to keep repeating myself, is this. When you do the application, you swear an oath to say that everything on that application is true and correct under penalty and perjury, right? So the first time you did it, when you did it as a U.S. citizen, you swore that you was a U.S. citizen, right? Which you lied because I taught you, if you, anybody who's come to my seminars... I tell you, you never was a U.S. citizen if you was born in one of the sovereign states of the Union. If you're born in New York, you're a New Yorker. North Carolina, you're a North Carolinian. You understand? If you're South Carolina, South Carolinian. So you assumed you were a U.S. citizen because on the application, that's all they gave you. It was a yes or no. Are you a U.S. citizen? It was a mind game. It was a mind Oh, Jedi mind trick for you. And you hear so many people talking about, oh, you're a U.S. citizen, this, that, and the other, because you have a birth certificate from New York. No, my birth certificate does not say U.S. on it. It says New York, and I can only go to New York to get my birth certificate. So if I was a U.S. citizen, I should be able to go down to D.C. to get it. I should go anywhere in this in any one of the states to get it. No, I can only get my birth certificate from the place I was born in, or AKA the country I was born in. And if people have a confusion about whether state is a country, let's look up the definition again. I've done this so many times. So let's look it up. It's right there. See the synonyms of uh, state? A nation or territory considered as an organized political community under one government. Country. Here's, there it is. That's the synonym for state. See? So, back on topic. Is your passport going to look different? No. It's going to look identical to the one. Why do I know this? Because the Department of State said it. Here it is. On the, if you read this whole thing, Certificates of Non-Citizen Nationality, if you go back and re- look at my other video, I did a video completely on this, but it says here, I'm not reading this whole thing. It says, as the department has received few requests, there is no justification of a non-citizen national certificate. Now, this, this non-citizen national certificate is a Jedi mind trick also, but that's explained in my other video. I just want to get to the part where what they're going to give you. Designing a separate document that includes anti-fraud mechanisms was seen as an inefficient expenditure of resources. Therefore, the department determined that those who would be eligible to apply for such a certificate may instead apply for a United States passport that would delineate and certify their status as a national but not a citizen of the United States. See, people don't read this. They don't see this part. National but not a citizen. It would delineate. What is the delineation? It's not the book itself. It's your application that's the delineation, how you filled it out, what you took an oath to. So when you do my process that I'm teaching, you're going to be taking an oath to being a national but not a citizen of the United States because you're going to have a proper line out. You're going to have a proper uh, explanatory statement that connects you to that uh, oath or that, um, that uh, declaration that you're making. So 
No, your book won't look different. It's going to look the same. One of the reasons I, I think they do that because they, they know how big mouth everybody is. Oh, look at my book. I'm a national. Look, 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 look. See, no, nah, no. Nah. That's the type of stuff that people do. They get something and they want to run around bragging. Look, I'm this. I'm that. Step chest of it. This is not for that. This is for freedom. This is, you want to be a nationalist for freedom so you can go private. And private people keep their mouth shut and stop running around and don't actually have to have something that, from them, that says who they are. You say who you are by way of your explanatory statements. You make that declaration. Really, years ago, your passport was your application. Passport used to be 11, 11 by 17. Years, a couple of hundred years ago, it wasn't a book. So to to to, de- to uh, make everything uniform, they gave you a book, so you didn't have to carry that paper around. That's why I tell you guys to go get a certified copy of your application that you filled out to show how you did it. So you're not going to give them the passport book. When you're proving you're a national but not a citizen of the United States, you're going to give them your certified copy of your application that you filled out that they approved and sent you your book on. You understand? So there you go. It's not going to look any different. It's going to look the same as the one you had before. The difference is you. You and your energy, your studies, helped you be a national but not a citizen of the United States. And it's that FOIA request, when you put it in, that's going to be the proof that you're going to get. That's why when I teach, you order the book, then you order the certified copies of your application because you're going to use that to correct other things. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Doug E. Fresh, and you're listening to Hindsight Radio. And when I'm doing commerce, I'm always tuned in to Hindsight Radio, the information station that's taking over the nation. Always Hindsight. I. All right, peace, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Truth Tuesday Show with your host, Akeem L., here on Hindsight Radio, the information station changing the nation. And, yo, I struggled today. I, I had to get my, I was, I was worn out. I had to do some running around early this morning. I've been up since about 4 o'clock this morning, maybe a little bit earlier. Didn't sleep very well. I had to get on the road, get back to the office to do this show. I know I didn't do one yes last week. I was, you know, handling some business. Um so it was kinda unavoidable to not do a show. 
So I'm in the house tonight. Hope I got a good show for you. Uh, we're going to be talking about the IRS, you know, getting rejected for your uh, passport because of taxes and what you possibly can do about it. You may, there's some remedy there. Um, peace to everybody in the, ch- in the chat. Uh, Karini, Antonio L., Callie Carter, LMC, Yes, You On, Maxim Moore, thanks for the donation, as always. C. King Bay, Dow G. Uh, someone in the chat said, uh, is there a difference between a state national and American national? Oh, yes, it is a difference. States, there's really no such thing as a state national. <laughs> that That's kind of a state national. That's no it's state citizen. Uh that's that's some term somebody who you know tried to you know recreate the process came up with it uh a state those people who uh, say they are part of the state owe allegiance to the United States I stay away from that that type of that that type of verbiage because in a lot of constitutions it says you will owe allegiance to the United States if you consider yourself part of the state. Um, yeah, see, there's somebody else with that state national stuff. See, uh, I was LMC. You probably need to watch a lot more of my videos to understand what I'm talking about. Go through my archives of videos and watch that. Uh, he's, if I'm a Floridian, I do the pastor for Florida. Does that mean I'm, I changed my status? Do your, do your studies. Go read up. Go watch my videos, how I break all of that down. Remember, the state sold out to the United States. That's how come they come after you with federal statutes, child support, taxes, all of that stuff. So you run around talking about you're a state national, state citizen, you're part of the state. They're going to get you. Uh, I've seen it happen. Um, what did I want to talk about other than taxes today? Uh, so I wanted to talk about uh, belief systems, beliefs. What, what, why we have problems overstanding, getting, making changes in our lives. Most of it's because of our belief systems. What we have identified as true in our life. You'd be surprised. A lot of the stuff you think is true is not true. You know, your your belief systems when it comes to religion and just things in general because your perspective on life is limited by the things you've experienced. So it may be true in a certain situation, but it's not, you know, it's not everything's not always true based on your belief systems. But the big problem with that is, it's okay to have your belief system. But the problem comes when you try to take your belief systems and put it on other people and make them agree with you. Isn't that what what's going on now? They want everybody to be the same and take certain uh, medical remedies that they call a remedy or medical 
procedures. They want everybody to be the same. They want to force things on you. And some of your friends and family, because you don't want to do it, they get upset. And that is our issue right there. Our belief systems, what we believe is true, we try to force it on each other. We try to do it in our homes. I've been guilty of that. I, I don't know about forcing it, but I've I've been known to argue a point in, in you know, if if I'm not agreed with I might get get irritated or upset about it. But you know, I was I was on the road and I was thinking, it's not that important that someone agrees with me. It really isn't because what I believe for myself work may work for me and it works for me, but it may not work for the other person or my own wife. It may not work for her, my belief system. I think the only thing if you're married that you should agree on is this. One of the things you should agree on is, okay, we may not agree on everything, but it shouldn't we shouldn't be trying to force or be upset or judge each other because we don't agree with each other on things. And what I find, even in those disagreements, we're really agreeing. We just disagreeing on the path we take to get to a certain point. Right? We're disagreeing on the, the how we get there. But what does it matter? As long as we all get there, we're going to the same place, right? And this is why society is so confused, having so many issues, is because we place too much importance on how getting people to agree with us. And I'm at the point where you can agree with my, my views or not agree with my views. Whatever you believe is right for you, that's fine. I'm at a place, hey, do as you feel is necessary for yourself. You know, um, I've gotten to the point where it doesn't even matter that I have to explain anything. Like, hey, you know, oh, that's how you feel? Okay. I don't have to even offer a, a opposing opinion. I've been practicing that a lot lately. Like I hear things come out of people's mouths, they say something, and then I sit back, okay, all right. And guess what? The conversation ends up peaceful, and uh, no one's upset at each other because we disagree. <laughs> because I didn't offer a disagreement. I didn't offer my side of the story. Because I come to find out my side of the story is not important to get out. It really isn't. It's only my side of the story is only good for one person, and that is me. As long as it's working for me, that's all I'm concerned with. And I think if a lot of us practice that, our lives would be a lot more stress-free. You know, uh, if you want to call and talk to me, five six three nine 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 three six one five. Press one to speak. If you want to join in, and you have a question or comment. This is the time to do it. A lot of you guys get off the show and want to email me questions. I, I don't particularly answer emails. I don't. I don't do it anymore. Every now and then, it depends on who the person is. I might shoot back a quick answer, but I don't answer emails because a lot of people abuse that opportunity 
and 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 want to instead of just investing in a private conversation with me, they want to take up my personal time. You know. You see. Back to people's ideas and opinions and wanting to be right. You don't have to be right. Even in this show, this is just me talking to myself, getting out what works for me. And if it, if you something you hear something and you want to apply it, so be it. I'm not here to change anybody's mind on anything. I'm just here to offer information as I see it. But I know one thing is true and it's unescapable. All that you are seeing, all that you are experiencing is as a result of an idea in your mind. You would never get any further than the ideas in your mind. You would never have any more money than what you believe you deserve. You would never have a good relationship no further than what you believe. If you go into relationships and you're suspicious and un- not trusting, guess what? That means maybe you're not trustworthy. Because a thief takes a thief to know a thief. That's, isn't that one of the sayings? You see? I'm looking at the chat. People are just typing in all of their ideas that they have in their mind that they want to share. And that's great. Like somebody put in there, I feel it's best to get the passport card and DOT your car, truck, and a truck. See, that's that's an opinion. See, that's a feeling. See, I know how I feel about feelings and opinions. How is it, if you've done that, how is it working for you? What's the benefit of doing that? See, I feel it's best. I feel. I get flooded with emails and videos, watching videos of people's feelings of what should work or what not should work. <laughs> and I keep, and I don't know how many times I tell these people, listen, don't send me people's opinions and videos because I'm not going to watch it, number one. Number two, Show me that these same people that are talking, how it works for them. How? How did it work? And most of the times these videos, most of the people are just talking. They're just saying whatever. That's why I'm talking about opinions and feelings. We got to start operating on what's real and what's working. And I grew up in a religion that had a feeling that, or they used to have a teaching that, you know, all the bad people are going to die and the good people are going to inherit the earth. And they've been saying this for years, right, based on what they believe the Bible is saying. It changed those interpretations. Interpretations kept changing over the years. See, See how feelings work? They feel and thought that something was going to be one way. Then they, it didn't happen. Then they had to go back and revamp it and feel and think something else. And then they pushed that out as truth. And if you had to accept that to be a part of that, 
religious ideology, and it changed again. See, that is why you have to embody the fact that you are the Christ that you're looking for. And if you're going to go out there and you're going to believe in everything that people say, jump at everything people say, then you will never get anywhere. Never. Because people have an idea today and they'll change it tomorrow. Even I, even in my teachings, I taught one way a few years ago. Now I'm teaching a different way. But the difference is I teach it. See, when I was teaching a certain way years ago, I was teaching according to someone else's teachings, unproven and unsubstantiated facts. Or you can't, unsubstantiated facts don't go together. Unsubstantiated information. Now I teach differently based on me going my single path, my own path, and doing different things, and I start to realize a lot of that, a lot of stuff that's been taught before, and all these, it, it's fluff. It's it's ideas. It's opinions, not based on any real facts. Someone put that's being double-minded. Oh, yeah. Speaking of double-minded, just to change the subject a little bit. Matter of fact, let me put up these 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 uh the best thing the way to talk about this is pull up some emails. Um okay. A lot of people want to do the religious exemption. And they were getting stuck on questions. They want to ask me, they'll ask me, what should I put in their answer to their employer when they ask, what's your, okay, what's your sincerely held religious belief and practices? They're asking me this. They want me to tell them what their sincerely held beliefs. How do I, I can't answer that question for you. I wasn't raised with you. You write down your own. They want me to tell, oh, say this. Say this is your sincerely held belief. See, see what I'm talking about? People living their life off opinions and other people's ideas of what's right and wrong. That they can't even articulate that answer. You don't want to take the vaccine. Okay, fine. But the, the company is just simply asking, What's your sincerely held religious beliefs? And you can't even answer that. You want my answer. So how successful do you think you're going to be with these, these, these exemptions if you can't even articulate your, your answers? I know how to answer that. First of all, they're not even supposed to be asking questions like that. But you want me to tell you what to say in that situation. So that means you really don't have a sincerely held belief. Uh, look, look at this. See, instead of paying attention to what I'm saying, people are right now, I went on and did this, set the this and that. I think some people just get in here just to try to put their knowledge out there. Like they know everything or they, they want to just share what they know and, and kind of test the waters to see how people react to what they say. 
<laughs> Listen, if you're going to be in my chat room, mention facts. Facts that what you did worked. I don't want to hear any opinions because what I'm going to do is delete that crap off my chat. I'm going to take it off because I don't want any people who are really looking for information. It might be somebody new to the channel, and y'all putting that nonsense in here. This is not these other forums where you got people just throwing in information, oh, throwing stuff against the wall and say, yeah, do this without any real facts that it works. So, but back to that, people ask me, okay, there's another one. Okay. Oh, that was it. Yeah. What's, what's wild about this, you know, some of these people I haven't heard from for a long time. Now they're here with their handout. Not so much the handout. Well, they donated to get the, the, the affidavit, but they're here out of desperation. When I've been preaching religious exemption for years, I've been saying, y'all need to do this. Y'all need to be doing this now. You need to be doing now it's the the, the, the <laughs> now it's raining. Now you want to do it. You might get through, you might get get some sus with it, you might not. But I, as I said in my other video, the companies have their rights too. If they cannot accommodate you, if your job is crucial and it's dealing with the public and that's unavoidable, they don't have to accommodate you with religious exemption. There are limitations. Your religious freedoms cannot step on the rights of others, cannot impede others' religious freedoms to liberty. You're not the only one in the equation. Just because you're running around, I got a religious exemption, I got a religious exemption, doesn't mean that the company doesn't have rights. Yes, they have to give you a religious exemption. But your exemption, your accommodation cannot cause an undue hardship on the company. Period. A lot of people came back after I did the video last week, I think it was, of when I was playing the guitar and, and put their little negative comments in there. I took them down. You see, those are people who like to fight and, and, and want to be right about stuff. Oh, they can't do that. It's, they're lying about that. Well, you can't prove who's lying about what. What, what kind of proof are you going to take into the court? Uh, these guys who are preaching the theories and, and, and the conspiracy theories videos, you're going to use that in your court case? You're going to bring them in? No. Everything's about facts and evidence that can be presented. It's not a fact until you can prove it. It, it, it. What you're saying might be right, but you have to prove what you're saying is right by way of affidavits, physical evidence, first-hand testimony from someone with first-hand knowledge. That's evidence. Anything else is hearsay. The other side going to bring in everybody. They're going to look, this, this here, they're saying this, they're saying So whether it's true or a lie, they, the evidence is overwhelmingly on their side. So what do you do? It goes back to how I started this conversation. 
We try to force our ideas, our beliefs, whether we think this is real or not, onto other people. See, how I deal with it is it's happening. Okay. I just work around it. I live through it. I'm not going to do certain things. If I don't want to do it, I don't do it. But, see, I'm in a position where I don't have to worry about somebody telling me when to get up and come to work because I have aligned myself over the years to be in a position where I cannot be controlled like that. So my suggestion is you get yourself together and put yourself in a position where you can't be controlled like that. You see? That's how you fix it. You don't try to force people to believe what you believe. Oh, this is this and that. Yeah, yeah, this is wrong. This is right. No, you don't have, you don't have that kind of time. And life is too precious for us to be spending our time trying to fight and scratch to get people to believe what we believe. You believe what you believe. Run with it. Enjoy it. You will have less stress and you will live your life more fully by just enjoying your belief systems and appreciating that. Whether you believe God is real or not, that's up to you. You don't have to give the, make people believe, oh, no, well, the Bible is fake and this and that. You don't have to, you don't have to argue that. I, I, y'all know my beliefs. I say the God that I, that I know that's working for me works through me. God is in me. And I've read scriptures on that. That's what I believe. Do I believe there's a higher power we didn't just get here by accident? Of course I do. But whatever that high power is gave me to the ability, the same attributes as he got, to be able to create and to live my life abundantly and prosperously. He didn't, I wasn't created to be a slave. I was created to be thankful for what I have and what I will get. Not to always go on and, oh, God, give me this, give me this big house, give me this big car, begging. No, I wasn't created to beg. I was created to be thankful and to accept all that I have and be thankful for that. And believe and know that everything that I have comes by the power that was given to me Everything comes through me. Everything I see in my in my world that I'm experiencing is a direct mirror to the ideas and thoughts in my mind. The things I've been contemplating on, the, the, the things I don't like and the things that I do like, they come. The world is a mirror. It's your mirror. That, that ugly side of your wife or your husband that you don't like, you're looking at yourself. You're experiencing yourself through them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's him. It's her. She's the problem. No. She's always doing this. And guess what? You're always talking about it. You're always thinking about it. And guess what? Every time you always talk about it, think about it, it's coming right back. Boom. <laughs> Slap you right in the face. Yeah. Uh, 
Let me let me let me just clean up the chat room, <laughs> Mister. See, they they got their little trolls in the chat room. Want to talk about whatever they talk about? Let them go. See, I'm not gonna sit there and go back and forth. I just remove it. That's it. Thank you, Brian. Um, you know, I was you know I was driving earlier today, heading over to the house. It's been a a journey, <laughs> a process. Let me say, it's been a process over the last year and a half trying to get contractors to come and do this work for my stepson. I'm trying to get the house remodeled so that it'll be more accessible for him. And I really didn't realize how hard it was to get contractors out, have them go around, check the house, and, and then to find licensed contractors. We had a contractor come out, claim he was licensed, looked him up. He wasn't. He was thinking his, his LLC was a license, I guess. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but I knew something was wrong when he rolled up in, in a four-door sedan and not a pickup truck. You know, when you're here in the South, people who do that type of job rolls up in trucks. They don't roll up in cars. Uh, and they come with tape messages. He didn't even have the tape message. Things like that. And I kind of, over the past year, because Beth was dealing with it more than I was, uh, and I'm, I'm like, as of the last month or so, two months or so, I've really been more involved in it. And I actually made this crazy statement. <laughs> I'm saying this publicly, and I owe, I owe an apology. Uh, if it was me, I'd have had this done six months ago. You know, see, that's me. I had an idea in my mind that I was more superior in getting things done, not really knowing the full situation of what it is and what to deal with and all these other things. So I, I, I'm publicly apologizing to my wife for even making that comment because it's actually exhausting dealing with these people, getting, you know, we did have one guy come to find out work about to be done, and he doesn't even have a license to do the work. The only reason why we was going to go with him, because the guy who was in the middle said, oh, yeah, that guy does good work. So we kind of went off that and not really had the forethought, okay, make sure you had a license. To do this work, you have to be licensed. It's, it's just a lot of work. So, this is an example, men. If you want good feedback from your wife or your woman, you have to be willing to own up to your, your, your stuff, you know? See, I had an idea, and I had this thing in my head without actually being totally involved in it, seeing everything. And when I was driving back home, I kind of thought about that. I said, you know, this is really a lot to deal with, you know? For one person to deal with. So not just because it's a woman, it's just for one person, that is a lot of things to organize and put together. Anyway, back to ideas, thoughts, and the things we're experiencing. We have to come to terms with our life, our results is a direct result 
of what we're saying, doing, and how we're behaving. And once we take 100% responsibility for that, life changes. Life becomes better. Once we take responsibility and constantly remind ourselves life is always good, life is always giving me what I desire, what I'm thinking, what I want, and, and, and take the barriers off of that, that it only gives me what I like, no, it gives you what you don't like too, because if that's what you're dwelling on, you're going to get that. It's not, it, it does, it's not picky. It's all about you. You are the originator. You are the authority. You are the commander-in-chief when it comes to all that you are seeing and dealing with your life, when it comes to your health, your relationships, your finances. I know. I test this theory every week when it comes to, hey, money and things I want to see more, have a better relationship. I change my mind. I don't go – I try not to go to – my wife and say, oh, you need to change. I look within me, and once I make that change, then I see the change out there. Because people react to your vibrations, your energy, whether you're positive or negative. You know, I know the highlight of conversations is, today is, dog. you know, talking about how bad black women are. That's, that's you go all over the YouTube there's women having channels about it, men having channels, black women this and black women that. Okay, maybe, maybe there is some credit to that. But here's the, here's the thing. If you understand how the mind works and our thinking, if, if the collective thinking is that most black women are a problem, that's what you're going to keep seeing. You're going to keep running into the black, the, all the sisters that are giving out the problems. But when you change your mind, and you start thinking, well, no, no, that's not true. That's, that's some of them out there. And there are good, and guess what you're going to start seeing? You're going to start seeing a good system. Isn't that kind of like what they did to the brothers back 70s, 80s? They painted this negative image of us on TV and television. And so people even today still will walk across the street when they see a black man. Well, you know, I'm using black for the sake of this conversation because that's what most people understand. They see a person of dark skin. They walk across the street. Why do they do that? Because they bought into a perception that was given. They bought into an idea. Not that it's really fact that black men want to, you know, I never had the idea to snatch a purse or rob anybody. I never, that never came across my mind. And my friends that I know don't do that. Oh, speaking of friends, I gotta, I got, I got I, I almost, I'm, I'm glad this came up. I gotta take a little side break. So, last week was my birthday. You know, we went out Wednesday. Me, and my wife, my daughter, we all went out together on Wednesday. That was my actual birthday. And then my buddy that I've known for 32, uh, some 32, 33 years. It's been a long time. Let's put it like that. We've known each other since we were teenagers. I've known him and his wife before they was married, and they're still together today. And um, I just want to take a moment or some time to thank him for the great time we had on um, 
Saturday evening. We all went out to dinner. And it was great conversation. It was four of us. There's uh, me, Beth, his wife. Uh, and we was just having a good time. It was just, it felt good to sit with people of around the same age and just have good conversation, eat good food. He took care of the bill, which was a big bill. So the next time, his birthday is later this month. Uh, so it's on me. But I just want to say shout out to Thomas and Esther. Good friends, always. You know, always, you know, when I, we, we, we didn't stay in touch for some time. And, you know, we call each other. You know, it's like those friends you call, you have a good conversation. Me and I talked to them for a while. But, you know, Scorpios, he's a Scorpio too. So, <laughs> so Scorpios, we like that. We, we do that. You know, we, 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 we'll talk to you, then you won't hear for us for a while, then we get back and it, like it never happened. But uh, we had a great time with them. And, you know, one thing I got to commend him, he, you know, it shows that black love or people of color love and indigenous folks can stay together, even even the young ones. And so, actually, we're going to um, have them on our show. So I'm going to talk to him probably tomorrow, see what he want to do that. But uh, we got a dinner date coming up later on this month. If he's watching... You know, he, he like, low-key watches the show because he talks about some of the stuff. I'm told you watch the show, really? So, yeah. Thomas, shout-out to you and uh, Esther. Um, all right. So, I got a lesson to teach. I've been running my mouth for a while. Remember, life is always good. Life is always giving you what you want. Yes, always. And take Take the judgment off or take the blockers off that it only always gives you the good. It gives you the bad. Why does it give you the bad? Because you are dwelling on the bad. You are walking into the bad. You are thinking about the bad. Money getting low, guess what? You had a thought prior to that that money was going to get low. That's why I, I, those thoughts come, oh, it's going to be. No, uh-uh. I rebuke those bad thoughts, and I change it, and I do a chant. Nope. Mm-mm, we can't have that. Yeah. G, what's up? I see you in the chat. All right, let's go to this lesson. I got it already up. This is, uh, I got sent this to me. Uh, where's the doc? Okay. Pull it up. All right. I got this sent to me. by someone I work closely with is interested me. Tax form IRS nationwide and it's talking about passport certification. They give you different laws. It said like IRC section seventy three forty five revocation and denial of passport in case of certain tax delinquencies. So what a, this is gonna show you if you have a passport well, you try to apply for the passport. Um, hey, happy birthday, Maxim. Yours is on the 30th. Peace. Uh, Terrell Bay, thanks. And uh, Karini, thanks. Um, so if you've been rejected for a passport because you owe money, 
to the IRS, $50,000 or more is pretty much what will get you shut down from getting a passport. It says, in general, if the secretary receives certification by the Commission of Internal Revenue that an individual has a seriously delinquent tax debt, the secretary shall transmit such certification to the Secretary of State for action with respect to denial, revocation, or limitation of passport pursuant to Section 32101 of the FAST Act. I did a show a long time ago about this FAST Act. This FAST Act is designed for government contracts not actual evidence. There are cases where people went into court and they fought it on due process and they lost. But I have not seen one challenge the law based off the Facts Act and it doesn't identify them as the one they're talking about and especially not an American national. All right? So no one has ever fought it on that note. Oh... It says, in general, for purposes of this section, the term seriously delinquent tax debt means an unpaid, legally enforceable federal tax liability of an individual. See, look at the words. It says unpaid, legally enforceable. So if it's not legally enforceable, you should not be certified as having a delinquent debt. Now, if you're doing my IRS process, you will see anybody that knows my prior IRS process and have done it, they will see in this, what I'm about to read, why I tell you to do it a certain way. Why someone that I've helped with over $600,000 of tax debt still got their passport. See, some people are coming to me after the fact after they done got certified and want to undo it and they want to do all these things. Why? Because they didn't follow that process of chain of letters that need to be sent. Some people have a problem of repeating things over and over, the same thing over. Oh, they sent me this letter. For instance, let me take a little side road here. I got a um, Pull up the email here that I got. Um, give me one sec. Let me first let me locate it. Was today? It was sent. I just want y'all to know. Um, I do use some of my transactions and correspondences as a way of teaching. So people, there was a situation with someone who is dealing with a debt collector. They sent out the debt collecting letter and they sent the letter back like it's a response. And this person doesn't know um, how to, well, they know how to, because they done have plenty of conversations, but just because they got a response and it wasn't the response they want, wanted to get, they are like, oh, what do I do now? And they're coming up with all kind of excuses. I'm not good at this. I'm this. I'm that. I, I, I'm slow. They're, I mean, they're actually saying stuff like this. And they want me 
to, I guess, feel sorry for them because they are presenting all of these limited beliefs about themselves. I'm sorry. I don't engage in supporting you putting yourself down. Actually insults me because I know that everyone that I deal with, everyone even that I don't deal with can do this. But if you're running around saying that I'm slow, I don't get this stuff fast. I'm afraid. That was another thing. I'm afraid. I can't help you. I really can't. If you're saying all of those things about you, I'm not going to, you know, hey, I don't agree with what you're saying. But this person hasn't made the connection that the reason why you're not successful because you have thoughts, negative thoughts about yourself. But at the same time, it's people like this with these types of conversations about themselves, when they get bad results, they try to blame it on the outside world. You're getting bad results simply because you're saying these negative things about yourself. Uh, let me, let me, I'll, I'll just, I'm in a delicate state. Oh, what is it? I'm trying to get some of these 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 things they said about themselves over the time. I'm nervous. Like, what's there to be nervous in sitting a a, a third party debt collector letter to someone who's trying to get money out of you? And my simple response is this. If you can't get past me, how do you think you're going to be able to deal with these people in the courtrooms? You want to fight these things, but you don't want to go and put yourself out there and stand tall on what you say you believe in. I'll just give you all full disclosure. I'm not a teacher. My wife listens to me sometimes. And one just like you said that, and I'm not taking pride in you know how I I am. I just can only be who I am, and I have low tolerance for people. When you are telling me negative things about yourself, I'm not trying to hear it because know why? That's a negative thing going into my mind that you're trying to get me to believe about you. No, I won't. I don't believe that. I don't believe you're a loser. I don't believe you. you you're weak. I don't believe in those things. I believe that you have the power to do anything you want and can do it if you believe in yourself. Um, all right, let's get back to this. So, legally enforceable. So I was talking about the IRS letters. In there, there's a process to doing this, and y'all going to see it. Exactly why I do it that way, because it keeps you off of being certified so you can get your passport. But most people who come, with, come to me with IRS debt, they've already been had that debt on them for years and, you know, got to unwind all of that. But there's a way, if you're listening, when I go through this, there's a way. They, they actually tell you in here what to do. 
All right, with respect to which a notice of lien has been filed pursuant to Section 6323 and administrative rights under Section 6320 with respect to such filings have been exhausted or have lapsed or to a levy is made pursuant to Section 6331. Such terms shall not include a debt that is being paid in a timely manner pursuant to an agreement of which the individual is party under Section 6159072. So if you make an arrangement with them and paying it in time manner, they got to take you off that list. A debt with respect to which collection is suspended with respect to the injury being the injury to the individual, one, because a due process hearing under Section 6330 is requested or pending. Did, what did I tell you? Whenever they try to send you that notice of lien, you're supposed to request that due process hearing. That's in, it's one, I think it's in um, two, IRS webinar two, but you can get the whole bundle, get them all. Um, because an election under subsection B or C, hold on, get that box out of the way. Go. All right. How come we can't get stuff to move when you need it? All right. That's not what I wanted to do. Okay. Because of an election under subsection B or C of section 6015 is made or, or relief under subsection F of sex, sub, such section is requested. Next section, these are these subsections they're talking about. IRC 7345 provides the IRS the discretion to exclude categories of tax debt certification, even if the debt meets the criteria in IRM 519.1.5.19.2, seriously dealing with tax debt, the following categories of tax debt will be excluded from the determination of seriously delinquent debt of the IRS. A debt that is determined to be currently not collectible due to hardship. Wait, hold up, hold up. Do y'all understand what y'all can do with A right there? Do you understand what y'all can do? Aren't we in a pandemic? See, a lot of y'all complaining about this pandemic stuff, but there's remedy here. So right now, if you have a seriously delinquent tax debt, you should be writing the IRS and say, I got un- hardship because of the pandemic, and they're going to say it's uncollectible, and that will take you off the list. Okay. B, debt that resulted from identity theft. Okay. C, taxpayers are in a disaster zone, isn't it? COVID-19, a disaster? Every, the whole country is in a disaster zone. The whole are y'all hearing me? Y'all, aren't y'all, some of y'all glad y'all stayed on <laughs> and listened to me preach to y'all and I got to this? I gave y'all some spiritual remedy. Now I'm giving y'all some physical remedy, some tax remedy. Uh, we, the whole country, the whole world is in a disaster zone. What? Y'all got rem- Look at this remedy. All right. And I'm going to skip all the way down. These other ones, debt taxpayers in bankruptcy, debt of deceased taxpayer, debt that is included in pending OIC. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. 
Debt that is included in pending IA and pending claim resulting adjustment is expected to result in no balance due. So A and C are definitely, let's keep going. Uh, Unless otherwise listed, a seriously delinquent tax that includes but is not limited to tax assessments made under an individual tax provider taxpayer's identification number, SSN, or EIN, such as U.S. individual income taxes, trust fund recovery penalties because business taxes for which the individual is liable and other civil penalties. This does not include other non-tax liabilities such as child support obligations. It does not include other non-taxes. Okay. All right, then they say criminal restitution, all this other stuff. It doesn't include that. Now, this is where they say, in the context of passport denial for unpaid child support, courts have found the statute meets due process requirements because it provides for notice and an opportunity to be heard prior to state agencies certifying the unpaid child support to the federal government. Now, I got this case pulled up. I do have it pulled up. And to summarize it, for the sake of time, the court is saying that child support, they can stop you from getting the, the, the passport, certifying you for child support because it is supposed to give you due process. But 99.9999% of the guys I deal with, they never even got a notice saying, giving them the opportunity to rectify the problem before they were certified. So if you have child support and then they didn't give you due process, you have a remedy to go back and challenge that because they never gave you due process before they certified you not to get a passport. Long and story short, the case is Weinstein versus Albright. Good case, read it. All right. Let's uh, pull that document back up. So we can wrap this up. The commissioner shall contemporaneously notify an individual of any certification under subsection A or any reversal of certification under subsection C with respect to such individual. Such notice shall include a description in simple and non-technical terms of the right to bring a civil action under subsection E. So, they're supposed to notify you before you get certified and say that you have a right to sue, basically. So if you didn't get that, there's remedy there. The IRS is required to notify the taxpayer in writing at the time the IRS certifies seriously delinquent tax debt to the State Department. The IRS is also required to notify the taxpayer in writing at the time it reverses certification. The IRS will send written notice by regular mail to the taxpayer's last known address. Reversal of certification. Notice CP508R. So this is the notice to reverse it. That's that's what it's CP508R. Notice CP508R. The IRS will reverse certification when the tax debt is fully satisfied, becomes legally unenforceable. That goes back to what I just told you about hardship. 
and disaster. The tax debt is no longer seriously delinquent. The certification is erroneous. I can tell you a lot of these certifications are erroneous. The IRS will make this reversal within 30 days and provide notifications to the State Department as soon as practicable. Reversal certification. A previously certified debt is no longer seriously delinquent when the taxpayer and the IRS enter into an installment agreement allowing the taxpayer to pay the debt over time. So some of y'all could just enter an agreement if you got and they are to decertify you. Uh, the IRS accepts an offer and compromise to satisfy the debt. Yes, the IRS offers uh, compromise, uh, offer and compromise. That is an option. And you can do that on their own. You don't have to hire anybody to do that. The Justice Department enters into a settlement agreement to satisfy the debt. Collection is suspended because the taxpayer requests innocent spouse relief under IRC Section 6015. The taxpayer makes a timely request for collection due process hearing in connection with the levy to collect the debt. See, that last one is part of the IRS process. I told y'all, take advantage of if you follow the process. Exactly how I taught it. I'm not sure if it's in the second one or the first one. Well, I did three or four of those videos. Here's that collection due process. How important. Some people think, oh, why I got to do this? Why? That's why. The IRS will not reverse certification where a taxpayer requests a collection due process hearing or innocent spouse relief on a debt that is not the basis of the certification. So it has to be the specific debt that they're saying that needs to be paid. The IRS will not reverse the certification because the taxpayer pays the debt below fifty thousand. So, just because you pay below fifty thousand, they say they can't, they won't take it off. But that means you got to follow those previous. Here it is. These are the things. Then the other one when I talked about oh disasters and under and hardship, it becomes uncollectible. And I know a lot of people in that position where they say they just can't collect it, so they can't enforce. When they say it's uncollectible, that means they are not no longer trying to enforce that. All right. What collection alternative proposal will avoid certificate agreements for payment? Tax liability, compromises, notice opportunity hearing before levy, collection due process, relief from joint and several liability on joint return, innocent spouse. But they keep talking about these sections. Remember, we are in a pandemic. I think the best one is undue hardship or you have hardship. Okay? Why? And, yeah, there is a hardship. All right, that's it. That's the whole uh, booklet. I, If you're in my premium membership, I'm going to upload this to that. But you should be able to find this online. It is free. Uh, I don't necessarily have a link to this because I had somebody sent me this in an email as an attachment. And this will be uploaded to my premium membership members. Oh, by the way, oh. Uh, Yesterday, I had the first class with the, you know, with people, that first group who have completed the whole year, they wanted to stay on 
in the membership on a monthly or another yearly basis. So for those of you who are not in the membership, so and those of you who are in the membership, after the year is up, there are options where you can just pay the $50 a month, $49.99 a month, or $500 for the year to continue. That's for continuing into the premium membership. So, uh, and that's an option. If you don't want to, you know, you don't have to. I don't think, you know, you can, you can always not. But some people want to stay on. Why? Because stuff like this come up, new information come up, and I put it in that membership. Like, I'm going to put this, but I just read on the air. I'm sure someone who's smart enough to see this stuff and, and look it up and find it for themselves. That's fine. But I provide stuff like this to make it easy for the members to, to find. So this will be uploaded there. Um, with that being said, I thought I had something else to share. Um, well, I'll just talk about the shows that we got. We got uh, Divine, um, <laughs> I just forgot, <laughs> the Divine Connection show on Thursday. They're back doing their shows on the regular. Uh, Beth did a show on Sunday, her show. And plus, we got our, our Journey show. I know we didn't do one on Friday. That's all on me. I was on the road, and I was too tired to get on the air. So we will be doing a show Friday, 7 p.m., the Owl Journey, and hopefully I can have my buddy on. We can talk about what it took to, to stay in their marriage for so long, all of those years. All right? And uh, go to akemail.com if you want to get the IRS webinar that breaks down the whole due process. Uh, if you got a, a delinquent tax debt, even if it's not 50000 it can grow that way by penalty. So you want to put that, put a halt to that. All right, and that being said, peace. God, I got callers on here. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> oh, but yeah, still 35 people on. So hold up, hold up. <laughs> I got to come back and take this caller. They'll be mad at me. Oh, uh, 754215. I almost forgot about you. <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Peace, God. How you doing? Good, good. All right, so I had a question about the nationality of the passport. Okay. In the process. So my question is, okay, so say if I wanted to go through this process, but an individual has a criminal background or a criminal record, does that stop, hinder, or exclude them from the process? Sometimes it depends on what kind of problem. If you are, like, in a pending case and they specifically – um, said you can't travel, that would affect it. But I've known people in pending felony cases, drug cases, and they still got their passport. 
they were still able to get it. It just depends on the situation. Each situation is individual. So if you had a pending probation violation, that will probably hinder it because you're not supposed to try to out of state or right, country. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Okay, yeah. so getting this passport, what's the difference from that passport so the passport itself allows you to be the American national and not fall up under the category of African-American and everything that we under right now? Well, the, the question, you're kind of asking the question the wrong way. Okay. So. That's just another way of proving that you're not what they're trying to assume you are. You never was a U.S. citizen or African-American, all these other titles. You became that by your own hand by checking off little boxes that said you were. So getting the password that way just establishes the record that you're not that. So stepping into our nationality, yes, I'm here, stepping into our nationality and claiming this on every, not necessarily the benefit, but does it open up the doors to where we're actually pulled away from that and they recognize us? That's the same thing as going through a name correction or status correction. See, there you go with that status correction. You can never correct a status that never needed to be corrected. You're just establishing a record to rebut what they try to say you are because you said you was dead at one point. No such thing as a status okay. correction. How do you correct a status that you never, like I said, you never was in U.S. You're just putting it on the record. Wait a minute. I'm just making it known this is who I am and who I always was. You see what I'm saying? So what is what happens when you when people send you down and they do? Let me say I don't want to use the wrong terminology. Will somebody go change their name? Say if they take the slave name off of there and they they put the L in the bay. So what what that doing? People do that. They, I've seen people do that and they still got problems. So, you know, changing your name, your whole name does nothing, other than you changing your name to that. I've seen where people just kept their name the way it was and changed their, number one, their passport, how they did the passport, did it correctly as an American national. I've seen results from that. As far as changing the name to L, Bay, and whatever, I've seen no remedy from that other than the fact that you just changed the name and this is what you're calling yourself. So no remedy at all from that? (laughs) No, what? Well, you just, <laughs> how long you been around listening to this information? Like, you know, different. I've been around for quite a while. I, I fell off okay, a little so, bit. Um, okay. Then came back. So I'll let you answer the question. Have you seen anybody with remedy by doing that? Not necessarily just documentation wise and just putting it on notice. Right. The only thing I've seen remedy where people are getting results is by correcting that passport, and then making a record everywhere they go that this is who I am and not that. Yeah, I I see that all day long. Even in my own life. In the nationality and correcting a passport, not necessarily asking what's the benefit of it, but what is it, what what is that accomplishing outside of just... um, You want me to... You want me to answer that question again? <laughs> I, I told you. What it is. 
It's rebutting all of the mistakes you made all your life by saying you was African American, saying you were U.S. citizen. That's what it's doing. It's undoing. Yeah. You know? I mean, you okay. the, you're making you. your true status known, who you really are, and not calling yourself buying these false titles. Okay, can I ask you a question as far as the courts in a criminal matter? Yeah. Okay, so say if once, say they have pending charges and it was off the allegations of someone saying, uh, you know, I was with this individual and they're the ones who did it. And then they came out and arrested this individual and charged them with multiple, multiple charges. Okay. How can one fight that if, you know, they have a said, you know, individuals who pointing the finger and whatever, and then all of a sudden they come up and charge them and they put them in the position where they're saying that, okay, this is the guy who did it. He's the mastermind and everything, well, but that's not actually the facts. So someone is claiming someone else is a mastermind and they arrested that person that they claimed was a mastermind. Yes, absolutely. They came in, yeah, came in and arrested it. Oh, how do you fight that? You that person. Proof that if you that person is not the mastermind. That's how you fight it. You have the evidence. Everything's about evidence. Where's the evidence that that person is the mastermind? Can't just be that person's word. Now that person's word could hold weight. If they're saying it's a high eyewitness, but the person that's being accused have to show the proof that they were not the mastermind. Want to show that the person's lying? You got to show proof. Everything's about evidence. Yeah, anybody can say you did something, but the burden of proof is on the person accusing you to prove that. Basically, like he said, plus if the person is a criminal. You know they got they got uh, motive records. They got charges and everything. say they got just because he said it and may switch with affidavit. You're gonna have to impeach that witness. So just like they're accusing you, you get to question that accuser under oath. So what do they say when an individual may have a slight record of doing these said things, but he didn't do that this time to the point where they've already charged him. Like they already came in, gave him 16 felonies, uh, kicked the motherfucking dough in, gave him a $165,000 bond, and now he's just waiting for the judgment date on the situation. Waiting? No, what he's waiting. So he's just going to sit back and wait and not fight it? I mean, they're fighting it, but considering the the coronavirus, everything is just keep on getting continued and pushed off. So it's not like a matter said, of like just everything is about evidence. You can be accused of anything, but the person who's accusing you must prove that you did it. You consider innocent until proven guilty. So that's the way it's supposed to go. But the problem is, people going to court backwards believing that they're going to be found guilty, and then they plead out. So evidence, everything's evidence. So if all the evidence they got is one person saying something, and that's it, the person that's being accused has a good chance of impeaching that witness and saying, well, that's not true, and, and you have to prove that it's not you. It's not oh, the, the, or whatever they're saying. 
If you got the proof, that person should have no no op, no uh, problem undoing it. Okay, okay. All right, yeah. I ain't gonna hold you too much longer. All evidence. I appreciate the knowledge. The evidence contradict their evidence, which they don't sound like they have a whole lot other than what someone is saying. And you might have some physical or something to go with it, then you need to use that. Don't sit back on that. It's right. You should be asking for discovery. Because once you get discovery, you can challenge all of that evidence and have it do a motion to suppress, quad, whatever, a motion to shut down any evidence that is not real evidence. You can have a, a, a do a motion to this witness. You know, it's a false witness because you're supposed to tell the truth under oath. If you prove that person is lying, that's why I say you have to impeach him. All right? Impeach the person. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, man. Peace, God. Uh, 504215. What's up, Gmail? Hey, what's going on? Almost. Hey, what is it? Take calls. Straight more. Huh? I said straight more all the time. Hey, man. Yeah, I see that. Hey. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, that's Dr. Gray, man. I went to that website he was on point on a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's a lawyer. Yeah, man. I like Dr. Drake, man. For some reason, man, I could go back on a lot of stuff. Like, any papers, you know, if I made a claim, I could go back and, you, you know, do discovery. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Discovery is on that. very important in any case, especially traffic tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The officer said that yeah, his radar said 85 miles an hour. And uh-huh. I was speeding in flag, right? Now, I could strike that in discovery, you know what I'm saying? I could strike that and, and you know, do a subpoena to uh, request certified, but you know what I'm saying, certified that, uh, that radar into emphasis. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? And you know, first I would say, uh, you know, like the, uh, the 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 one that I learned about the program for the past two weeks after I read that thing, you always have to do motion for your object, right? It's like you square objection, you have to square motion to go right with it, like objection. I motion to strike the statement with the prosecutor that say it's not right. You see, mm-hmm. I learned a whole lot, man. People use objection, but they don't use motion, or may I plead the course, or I move this honorable court. You see what I'm saying? So I started to learn that, and you know, I started watching the video, and I realized I was Move this honorable court, moves the court, and boom, 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 and then I say what I need to say. You'd be surprised. Just ask me this we'll get a court date moved fast. Yes, I right. You know what I'm saying? Look, and the first thing I learned, the one thing I learned, a good lawyer know how to plead. A bad lawyer don't know how to plead. You know? That's one right. thing I learned. A good lawyer know how to plead, and a bad lawyer do not. That's how they get deployed, you know? Right. And one more thing I want to tell you, uh, King, 
Now, the IRS right now, if I'm correct, the IRS must get a court order to file a lien against you because that, that federal tax lien is not that's, really a federal yeah, tax lien. That's why they do the collection due process thing. Right, right. And guess that's what? That's why you have guess to get a process before you do that. They'll put the notice out, and if you don't do that collection due process, they'll roll over you and then put that lien on you. That's the way they get around it, not having a court order. That's why you have to challenge it. Right, yeah, but guess what? That's an unsworn affidavit. You know what I'm saying? And that's fraudulent mm-hmm. filing. I could go right. around that and, and hit them with that. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think it's title 28, uh, 28, I think. I could hit them with that right there, fraudulent filing, but also unsworn affidavit. I could hit them right. with them two right get the court. Right. You know, right. if I hear the clerk, it's normal for that, uh, that lien. You know what I'm saying? Notice a lien is not a lien. They say notice right, of lien. Yeah. That's not a lien. It's not saying right, this you know is a lien. But the, the county will put that on the record and put a lien on it. Off that. Right. And, see, it, right. and guess what? Guess what? You can sue the clerk too for that. You know what I'm saying? Nowhere out of group posting and also out of side of the state. Uh, third point of liability. So right there, I could cross them, the uh, clerk, and you know what I'm saying, by, uh, you know, reading that thing and paying attention and looking at false, uh, false claim case and counterclaim false, you know, you know like false claim and counterclaim, I could cross, we, we use the false claim that, uh, that clerk. You know what I'm saying? In other words, the clerk is responsible for that lien. Because the only right. lien that can be filed without a court order is the counter lien. That, that is fact. Every state has that. The yeah, only thing that can go to court for that is notice the paper McKinney. You don't technically go to court. The, the mechanic files a claim. He puts it in the paper. And if no one disputes it, then he gets his lien. Uh, but, the, you know, the papers is like, is like giving notice. That's almost like a court order. You, you give a legal notice. Yeah, all about that. It's an unsworn, unverified affidavit. That, I can yeah. put that as evidence. It talks about that, that they need to give verification by way right. of sworn or... Certified affidavit. Or un- that thing is just not certified affidavit. Yeah. That still is not a certified affidavit. Right. So right. affidavit is notarized or by the court or by their boss who have a notary still. That that's notarized. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can go back and swap that court for that uh uh lead. You right. know? Right All now right. I'm studying it, but when I'm doing I'm studying the fraudulent man, but also I'm studying the us more affidavit. But remember this kid wait right. to get a court order. Child support has to get a court order. Accident has yeah, to get a court order. Way, but right now, I would take advantage of this pandemic, bro. Oh, I know. Take advantage of this pandemic. All right, what, 1745, right? You don't know. I think you're getting into hardship. I right. think advantage. Now, look, hold up, kid. Now, one more thing, kid. Now, look, I don't know you, though, kid, but Minneapolis. Minneapolis got the selection. Uh, 
You know what I'm saying? If I was the police department, that's how I'd come. Because I can tell where the police officer going to go to to the sheriff's office. And then, like, the cops uh, of police, right? Everybody would celebrate the cops of police being uh, dismantled. But the problem with that, kid, that most of them uh, cops of police went to the next door uh, police department and to the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office. Now, that don't make no sense. You know what I'm saying? So, the police, but guess what? The same guy you see in the uniform up there in the neutral front talked to yeah. the sheriff. You know what I'm saying? The fifth police. You know what I'm saying? You know, they're going to be shared deputies, still in your neighborhood, still patrolling with a different uniform. And get what that thing is going to share with funding, too, at the same time. Ask them, Kareem. I mean, I mean uh, you know, Akeem. You know, that's real dumb by the voter. You know what I'm saying? And by the city. Okay. That don't make no sense. Right. Yeah, you know, you heard about that? Today, Minneapolis tried to abolish the police department. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a tough. And get rid of them, right? Yeah, you know, because like I say, you know, you got the sheriff in that county gonna take over that police department. You know what I'm saying? Look, take the word Minneapolis police department off there and put the sheriff uh, department on it. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? Change the uniform. They got the same guy. You know what I'm saying? They got the same guy patrol your neighborhood. Right. So, 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 get a waste of time. Mm-hmm. All right, All right, Ken. Great show, brother. I love that right, show. Thank hey, look. Thank you always for you your know support. Hey, man. Right. I don't mind. Man. I do not All mind. Right. Peace and love. All right. Hey, Pete, be y'all safe right. out there. All right. I will care. on the road. I'll All right. All right. All right, y'all. Peace. I'm out.